0: and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast.
1: Hi, uh, this is Dr. Vincent West with the Phantasm Podcast, and with me today is the founder of Broken Hope, Jeremy Wagner. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on, Mr. West. I do appreciate it.
1: Oh yeah, this is this is exciting for me. Uh, so um, I guess we'll get right started with everything, and uh, we'll start right out with Swamp Thing Gore.
0: Oh yeah. We're going back in
1: time, huh? We're, we're in the time machine uh, with you today.
0: Awesome. You know, we just uh, last year, Swamp in Gore turned 25 years old. And um, on the new album, Mutilated and Assimilated, just fast forwarding to the new release, we actually recorded um, a track to, as a bonus called Swamped in Gore Hog. And it's basically "Swamp and Gore," the title track of the first album, going into the song "Gore Hog," which also appeared on "Swamp and Gore." And um, what we did, um, Vincent is, uh, or what we do, uh, I should say, Vincent live, uh, we we tend to play "Swamp and Gore." Um, It's like a staple in every. Concert we do, and then we 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 hold out like an E chord, get a little vibe going, and then we go into Gore Hog. Awesome. So what we did is we captured that, that that thing we do live. We captured it in the studio and re-recorded those two songs, um, as if they were played live as a tribute, a uh, little nod to the 25th anniversary of Swamp Gore. So. Um, Awesome. Uh, when you mentioned that, when you mentioned the, our first album, um, I just wanted to rattle all that off since it did have a pretty big milestone as far as uh, you know anniversary goes. Twenty five years is. Uh, it is. Crazy to think about, dude, because it's like it, it's it's twenty five years is a good amount of time, but it also seems like it not so cliche, shape. But it seems like yesterday, man. I remember made that album and recorded it all kinds of stuff,
1: you know? Well yeah, if you wanna when we, we talk about that, if you wanna kinda talk about the history of Broken Hope and then kinda go into Swamp and Gore, that would be amazing.
0: Sure. Um you want me to kinda start in the beginning?
1: Yeah, man, wherever you want to start and then we'll run right into the discography, okay. yeah. Okay, good. All right. Well um
0: uh there's uh there's this this tone that I, I uh, Group up in and with uh, to high school in called Gurney, Illinois. G U R N E E. Okay. And it's uh, in the northern suburbs of Chicago, and it's um probably it's not too far from the Illinois Wisconsin state line. And was and, and Gurney is really where Broken Hope kind of uh, what was first known to be from. Technically. Um, when the band formed, it was our singer Joe Fiachrech and our drummer Ryan Stanek and myself. The three of us formed the band. And um, may those guys rest in peace. Unfortunately, they're not with us anymore. Right. Um, I'm like the I'm the last of the, of the of the three dudes who formed the band. So um, if it wasn't for those guys, there wouldn't have been a Broken Hope. Um, it was Joe Ryan and I that. We formed the band, and um, Broken Hope was actually a name. Uh, The words Broken Hope were were in a a, a name, if you will. Our band name came from a poem that I wrote that had Broken Hope in one of the lines. Oh, wow. When we were trying to come up with a band name, we had a whole list of names, you know, like Vile Demise and, you you know, whatever you know, splatter, right. splatter shit, I don't know, <laughs> just vile names, nasty, you know, trying to, and then Broken hope. I wrote that on the list, I didn't remember it, and um, Joe and Ryan liked that name, because it wasn't typical, and I liked it too, and um Vince, are you are you a fan of, like, uh, like the first Paradise Lost album at all, or? Yeah,
1: I am, actually.
0: Right okay well I really I'm a huge Paradise Lost fan and at the time um I had Paradise Lost demo and uh I was really into Paradise Lost and so was Joe Fijek. That that's one of his favorite bands and uh then their their debut album came out Lost Paradise and the thing about Paradise Lost is they're so that first album is so fucking heavy and then and, and the uh the um the vocals were so heavy and everything and we just loved it and they had this dark vibe and with that they were you know pure death metal band and very doomy and gloomy but and their name wasn't typical paradise lost band right we're like this that name is heavy without having to be like uh, like an over-the-top graphic death metal name so when Broken Hope was on that band list we made, that really hit home with everybody, like the way Paradise Lost named it, Right. It's like the name is typical, the music's super brutal, and it all works together. So that's how we came up with the name. Um, and we did that in the basement of Ryan Stanek's house. Again, that's another reason, like when I say it, was, it wasn't just for Joe and Ryan forming Broken Hope with me and um, me coming up with the name. And those guys... Really liking it and actually selling me on, on, the, on the name I wrote down. And the fact that we rehearsed at Ryan Stanick's parents' house because we had no other place to jam, um, who knows what would happen, you know?
1: Right, if, yeah, um, definitely.
0: Broke at home, you know, because you're a teenager and you don't really, you might have a part time job and your buddies don't work. You can't really rent a place to rehearse. You really need that basement or a garage. So um, I'm always grateful to Ryan Stanek and, and his parents for letting us get our start there. And and that was in a town called Antioch, Illinois, actually. And it was right right after we started doing our... Um, our we had our first demo come out. And then right around the time of our second demo, we actually started recording at a studio in Gurney, Illinois, that... Um, the great Brian Griffin, our, our former lead guitarist, was a studio engineer there. Okay. And he tracked our he tracked our second demo, and then he tracked two other demos that weren't really officially released. They're kind of leaked out there, you know, like I think you could hear them on YouTube or something. Okay. But they were for record. Like after our official second demo, we did two more demos for some labels. Then we got signed and the rest is history. But anyway, back to Gurney, when Brian Griffin had was an engineer at this studio that we recorded at, um, it, it felt like we won the lottery because we had this studio, not only we were pretty much recording for free, because Brian would do get us in there um, after hours uh, on his own time, and we also just started rehearsing there for free. So we were really fortunate. And then, at that point, um, and this is before our debut album, um, that's when like, I got a P.O. box <laughs> for the band uh, in Gurney, and I started tape trading worldwide, and, and the tape trading uh, really um, did wonders for the band. It got the band's name and all these fanzines around the world, and people wrote in and ordered in the demo, and uh, it was really old school, really underground, and that built up our following on an underground level just based off demo tape trading and um um uh, it's no different than like you know what Metallica did before they got signed to Megaforce Records right. you know they were right. trading in Mars Ulrich was doing that so um eventually we got a record deal and that's when we recorded Swamped and Gore and uh we did that at the same studio uh called, it was called Wave Digital Studios where Brian Griffin was and um we, we wrote, recorded that album, and uh, did some small tours and stuff. And then that that album was out on a label called Grancor International. Okay. And um, when it came out, that album did really well. It sold uh, like 10,000 copies and went into a second pressing. And I credit that completely to, again, the, the death metal underground in my tenacity to stay on top of that and trade tapes and get the name out there and kept and, and it flowing stuff and, uh, you know yeah yeah you know it was really it was great for us and we uh during that swamp decor uh cycle we did um i think it was a huge opportunity happened for us we I told you we had done some touring here and there, just regional stuff and some stuff in Canada and whatnot for the first time, and it was really cool. Um, and then around summertime of that, of that year, that, uh, that Swamp and Gorse Cycle, we got this opportunity to play um, Milwaukee Metal Fest 6, I believe.
1: I used to go to those. Yeah,
0: yeah they were something else, and... That year we played was the first time Broken Hope appeared on on a Milwaukee Metal Fest. Okay. And I'm telling you, man, it couldn't have been better for us. We, um, it was at the Mecca Arena in Milwaukee, and I'll never forget it because I had just seen Metallica play at the Mecca Arena like two years before that or something. Okay. So I'm like, I can't, I can't fucking believe we're playing the same arena, Metallica play, you know, right. I, I was, you know, I'm always, uh, I'm easily impressed, I'm not like, the go the other way, where nothing impresses me, I'm always, <laughs>
1: right.
0: you know, taking stock and, and, and things that, uh, kind of blow my mind, so that's just something that for me personally, I thought was awesome, but man, we got there, um, we were right, we went on before, I think, um, uh, what the hell is it damn name there's um
1: now what what year was this it, number six what was it that it would have been nine, 91
0: 92 something like that oh yeah that's before I went yeah yeah so um oh we went on um after the band X Hoarder
1: oh yeah I'm and, familiar with them
0: yeah so X Hoarder there was a shitload of bands Deicide Headline nice um, it was like Deocide Cannibal Corpse Suffocation Broken Hope ton of bands So we went on After X Order And man It was the biggest crowd We ever played to It was like six, 7,000 people
1: That's amazing And,
0: and get this dude a, a, a gal from a record label Was there A publicist And the MC For the For the Metal Fest Was um, uh, King Diamond
1: Oh my god
0: Our publicist talked to him, and it was a total surprise. She had sweet-talked King Diamond into introducing Broken Hope, dude. So, and that's on YouTube. And also on our, uh, we have a, uh, if you have the uh, Omen of Disease DigiPack. I do. Yeah, it comes with Broken Hope documentary DVD. Yep. So, um, you can see King Diamond, um introduce us on video on there so he introduces us that blew my mind too we played the biggest card of our life and then what was great was um people from metal blade records were there okay and they um they saw us live and they thought we were badass and um the label we had been on grandcore international was just for one album so metal blade signed broken hope and then they got the rights to our first album, Swamp and Gore. They re-released it. And then from there, we were with Metal Blade for years. And we did uh, The Balls of Repugnance um, right around 1993. Okay. And we went on tour for that with uh, with Unleashed. And um, did, did a lot of touring there. We went right back into writing and recording. And we did um, our third album. Uh, repulsive conception.
1: That's my favorite
0: Monique, album. I love that record. Oh, thank you. For, thank you, bro. And that was that was our biggest record at at the time too. When that came out, that sold really well. Um, we did our first music video ever on that album for the song "Into the Necrosphere."
1: I love that and, record. Um, if
0: you if you see that video, the the mad scientist doctor in the video is actually my dad.
1: Really, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so that was cool, and then we did, um, bigger and better tours, we took, went out with, uh, Side, and then we went out with, uh, Six Feet Under, their, their first album had just come out that year, too. Oh, wow. And, um, it was, it was cool, because we, we did our, you know, bigger tours, we had, we were on our first tour buses that we ever, we never had tour buses ever before that, we were always doing shit in vans, and, um and then and also like i said we did our first music video and then and then in 1997 after that we did uh, the Loathing
1: album that's a great album too head,
0: thank you bro we did our first headlining tour uh, on that album we with monstrosity invader and oh. it was such a killer package and
1: i, I saw that tour were, actually
0: were fucking, yeah that what a, I thought it was a great package. Great it was
1: a hell of a package, because all three bands are monster. great. Yeah, I love Monstrosity, yeah. I love you guys, so it was awesome. Yeah, it was a, it
0: was, that was a great tour. Uh, we went to South America for the first time on Wolverine, Um and then uh, it, right around 1999, if I'm not mistaken, our fifth album came out, and um, Grotesque Blessings, and uh, we went on tour for that album um, throughout North America and Europe, and we toured with uh, bands like Malevolent Creation and and Macabre and Severe Torture, and um, just had a great time. And then right after Grotesque Blessings, um, what happened was we did those tours that just Grotesque Blessings, but unfortunately. It was, like, Brian Griffin and I were, like, the only original, like, members from, you know, the Swamp and Gore era. Right. That were remaining. Joe Fajczak quit the band right after Grotesque Blessings was recorded. Okay. Um, Years before that, Sean Glass had quit the band, um, and Ryan Stanek uh, was no longer with the band either. Okay. And... Uh, we had to, so when Joe quit, um, we had, you know, uh, studio drummer in the studio, cause Ryan was gone. Studio bass players, cause Sean was gone. Joe, Brian, and me, you know, we did the album, but then Joe quit. So when we had to go on tour, it was all hired. Basically, Ryan Griffin and me, with a bunch of hired guns, and, you know, we did what we had to do, and, and, I, I love performing for the fans and everything but it just it just never felt right having Hired Gone so when we got done with supporting that album all over the world uh, we just kind of went our separate ways and the band went on hiatus so it was a long hiatus um uh there was and there was some internal you know beefs and shit and uh, right. just stupid stuff that didn't have to happen um uh you know, um, Brian Griffin went on to be a great front of house sound man and, and tour manager, and he's had a very successful career. And um, I really like Brian. If he's another guy. If it wasn't for Brian, like I don't know how our albums would have sounded without his production. Right. And um, and and with the luxury of having a studio that he provided, I mean, I'm telling you now, I'll always be grateful to Brian for all his efforts. Plus, he's a sick guitarist, man. The, the, the songs he wrote for Broken Hope were um, in, way more technical than, than my writing style. I right. mean, he really had the power, the technical, and the Broken Hope guitar riffing, and um, he's a great lead guitarist, so um, I just like to always give thanks for people that were in Broken Hope that did a lot for us if you follow me so um, and and regarding Brian Griffin and uh, even Joe like I talked to those guys about um, doing Broken Hope again several years later before we officially came back Uh but as things worked out unfortunately Joe died before he could ever do Broken Hope with me again and um, um, that's just really for me unfortunate because him and I reconnected after numerous years and um, I don't know we were becoming good friends again and uh, um, I would have loved to have done something with him just to have him uh, back on stage um, he's really revered as you know a super guttural guttural death metal vocalist death
1: metal vocalist if I was know. a huge fan
0: And then, um, and then, um, and then Brian, and then Brian too decided, you know, I'm not really
1: Well, as a as a Gorgasm fan and as a Broken Hope fan, you couldn't have picked a better vocalist. I absolutely love him. And, thank you, man. And I'll tell you something real quick. I, I wanted to thank sure. you for this. This is something that... Omen of Disease is one of the best death metal records I've ever bought. And, oh, thanks, man. And you outdid yourself. And I want to thank you for something else that I still think, to my knowledge, you're the only death metal band's ever done. I love the Lob Disease Blu-ray. Absolutely fucking love it. Oh, hey, man.
0: Uh, thanks, dude. Uh, how cool that, that just happened at that fest that they had a, a, a multi-camera, totally professional team that was recording the video and the audio, and we were, like, the main headliner on that stage that night on uh, at... at um, uh, brutal assault. We went on right it's like the only place in the world where we would go on after a mono Right. <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> we're we're just little tiny broken hope. There's no fucking way. So dude, it was the perfect setting, headline show, full production as you see, and dude, to get that footage and to be able to have Live Disease totally broken hope concert experience on a super A one level, and also Vincent the Live album CD that comes with it. Um, that just that that release, um, it was a dream come true. I was really just really happy with how that turned out, and it was something cool to, to release in between Omen of Disease and the new album, Mutilated and Assimilated. At least we were able to th- put something out there for the fans to enjoy and be. I had to get this new studio
1: album done. So uh it's great. I, it's I want to thank you for telling me that.
0: You you have no idea it, how happy it makes
1: you're me you're the you're the only you're death the metal band me. the only death metal band that yeah. I'm aware of that put out a Blu-ray. I mean I fucking love that thing. When I saw it was on <laughs> Blu-ray because I'm a big horror nerd and I collect Blu-rays and collector's editions and steel books and all that stuff. So getting a Broken Hope Blu-ray was a dream come true for me as an old time fan. So thank you. Lot of time and energy into getting that the together. packaging's awesome. I love the 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 cartoon drawings of you guys. All of it. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, Mark, Mark Rudolph's illustrations and stuff. It's yeah. beautiful, and it's just yeah. it's just nice. And I love that you put the documentary with Omen of Disease, by the way, which I think is really cool. Um, also yeah, to have okay. that as well. I mean, and the artwork on uh, uh, Omen of Disease is also just amazing. It was my favorite death metal release that year and again you bringing Damien into the fold and we can go back to that I didn't mean to interrupt you with the Blu-ray stuff but I, I had to tell you that in case I got away from it because I wanted to oh. tell you that because I actually have all my Broken Hope stuff sitting here beside me actually so
0: oh awesome bro that's dude thanks you, you made my day man
1: yeah I'm a I'm i a, I'm telling you and I I think you've actually you're the first you all have to be you're the first death metal band to out, put out a Blu-ray because I don't know of any other death metal band that has a Blu-ray out not in America anyway you know,
0: I know that even nowadays, like, Blu-ray's really everywhere, but there's still people that don't have Blu-rays. Um, uh, So it's um, just one of those things I wish all the fans, you know, had Blu-rays that they could see it. But, you know, Vincent, I wanted to put out a Blu-ray because um, Broken Home's got this whole thing about we always have since day one, since, like, we formed the band Joe Ryan and I and Brian Griffin like quality control is um uh like a big deal you know for 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 me so I wanted to have high quality DVDs so Blu-ray was just like um worked out and you know we had so much content in, in that in the um if you if you have the live disease Blu-ray, I do. Has a entire concert, and then you have the inter- band interviews, and then
1: we yeah, have it's great. The, the Broken
0: Hope doc- documentary on there is a bar-
1: yeah. I mean, it's oh. you, it's everything, and it and that's I get it again. Had it had for it's, a
0: regular DVD anyway, it had to be multi-layered, so the Blu-ray is what made sense. It has the capacity for all that content, and it's you know you're gonna see everything and hear everything in high res, and it's you know it's just um, that's what we wanted to. To, to release, you know, something like It's great.
1: I've got, I've got a Bose sound system when I watch it, and it's just great. I crack a beer and just kind of kick back with it. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's great. I have a, I, uh, when, when that came out, we have a, um, here at my house, we have a huge home theater, and, uh, I had a live disease viewing party at, at my theaters. So That's awesome. And, the band. and uh, a couple, I think I had a guy from our label fly out, and we, we fucking, dude, we cranked that thing as loud as we could and watched it, and I'm like, man, it was pretty rewarding, you know, just to say, wow, we got this done.
1: I mean, the set's killer, um, too, but to have it captured, and like I said, I'm telling you, I, I'm i almost 100% positive as a, as a death metal collector first band death metal blu-ray broken
0: hope yeah we were also the first death metal band to record digitally too really so you heard the second demo uh huh and uh swamp and gore and bottles of repugnance those were all digitally recorded now by the time Balls of repugnance was recorded people were recording digitally but back back swamp and gore I mean like 1990 we were using um these special digital tapes in a, a digital system and it was really ahead of its time the studio wave digital studios was way ahead of its time because back then man that that equipment cost a freaking fortune oh yeah um everyone else was really still using da- analog for a while and um um again as think even wikipedia says we're the first digital death metal band unless it's been
1: oh yeah revised but I, I can tell you that but it, but that's true. At least with Swamp and Gore,
0: that was the first digital um, death metal. Album. And what's funny is after Balls of Repugnance we actually went to analog for repulsive conception, loathing and grotesque blessings. Okay. And then when Omen the Disease came out back to back to the um, the history line here, the timeline, um so, you know, Broken Hope reformed in 2011. Okay. Uh, we got the right personnel. Did, uh, I wanted to stress, we didn't want hired guns. I wanted to have a band where everyone was a full time member, people shares everything. You know, I um, wasn't going to be like, you know, uh, the dictator of right. Broken Hope, everybody. Because if you're in this band, you're putting your time and energy and passion into. Broken Hope's music into death metal in general what? and you're my brothers we're all equals, so that's that was important to me Vince and and then so the rest is his we reformed in sight unseen we didn't even have to record any new material like demo stuff um Robert Camp the former owner of Central Media personally signed Broken Hope and that's uh, awesome and, and dude and then uh, Omen of Disease is recorded um Oh well, let, let me fa- let me backtrack. Broken hope reformed. Century Media signed us, and we didn't even have an album out yet. And we went on tour as our comebacks throughout North America with Obituary and all the and like um, God Jungle Rot. Okay. And uh, uh, all and I can't remember all the bands, but it was a great tour. It was called Carnival of Death. Nice. Um, and we we toured. North America and then we did shows in Europe then came back we, we wrote and recorded Omen oh, of Disease and then from there we've been on tour um, you know we be uh, we did a this tour called Best in Brutality we toured Europe uh, since then with Immolation we did our first headline tour of Europe later with uh, Internal Bleeding um, so uh, and we just we just kept rolling and then again we went back to Europe um, over and over again we did and then we did you know Brutal Assault Obscene Extreme uh, we did the uh, Live Disease DVD from Brutal Assault and the Live Disease uh, live album which is our first live album as you know
1: yeah it's awesome and then, uh, also
0: by the way when we, we the, with the new lineup last huge festival we did in Europe as I mentioned was um, Obscene Extreme in the Czech Republic okay and and that, check this out, <laughs> that concert was recorded with professional camera crew, total HD experience, and guess what? That obscene, extreme concert with the, the new and improved Broken Hope lineup, that's on mutilated and assimilated, that's a bonus DVD, bro,
1: with the new album. Oh, that's and, awesome. That's amazing.
0: So now you got two concerts.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. See what the new
0: BH is like.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. That's great. I, and dude, that's a, that was a
0: crazy show, bro. Wait till you see. There's people that are naked. There's people <laughs> that are dressed as nuns and other shit jumping on stage and stage diving and doing cartwheels and, you know, like fucking 15,000 crazy men. I just, dude, I, I think you're going to dig that, that, that live concert DVD. Oh, I can't
1: that's wait. That. that sounds amazing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. With, with Damien, were you a fan of Gorgasm? Is that how he came into the fold, or?
0: Yeah. Th- what, what What happened is um. Uh, we um. When we when we were putting putting the band back together. Okay. Like the Blues brothers. <laughs> <in> <laughs> <laughs> um uh we we had uh, you know, a list of candidates, like a few people we thought we'd see would be interested in being a full time vocalist for Broken Hope. And Damien was one of three and then a couple other guys and we found out quickly that the other guys, they, they couldn't they couldn't commit to being in a, a, a band, um, in touring and, and stuff. You know, people are older, have lives. And, um, those vocalists we were interested in, they, they they um they're really great. Um, and they have their own bands, but they only do their bands part time, and, and you know they they have day jobs and all that stuff. So right. Total respect to that. That's fine, but you know, dude, it really worked out. Like it was meant to be because Damien, one, he lived close to Chicago at the time he was in in Indiana. Now he lives up here amongst all uh, of the Broken Hope band members in the Chicago area. Right. So he was never, he was never far away, which was great. We didn't have to fly someone back and forth to, to come here. He was close. He's a sick, guttural death metal vocalist. Three, has the utmost respect and love for Joe Fiachek, and and respecting and, and carrying on Joe's legacy. Right. Um. He, he'll to this day say, "I've always had big shoes to fill." Um. Maybe he thinks he doesn't fill them completely. Just out uh, of respect to Joe, he'll right? Say stuff like that, but right? Done a wonderful job, and the, and and he um he's he's really amazing about always wanting to keep the quote-unquote broken hope sound intact and um and aside from all that Damien's turned out to be like one of my best goddamn friends on the planet I love that guy we are just we've grown so tight and we just work well together and he's like a drill sergeant too man like um I thought I was I've always been pretty you know professional and very serious and passionate about death metal, but I've I've spacked off on shit, and I've sometimes been burned out on stuff, and Damien's the first guy to kick me in the ass and go, dude, we gotta be razor sharp, we gotta be deadly, we're gonna fucking keep rehearsing it. If it kills you, I know you're tired, or you wanna put some stuff off, it ain't gonna happen, we're doing this, we're broken hope, goddammit.
1: That's Um, amazing. I love that about him, I love
0: that about him, and that's important to me, because... I've been in a band a long time at a couple of bands and I've had to deal with dead beats and people who slack off and don't have the energy and
1: right. I can't say that about
0: anybody in this lineup of Broken Hope and uh, um, it's just nice man. Uh, everybody gets along so well. There's no infighting. There's no trauma. There's no no problems with, with people and I've had to deal with a lot of liabilities and, and Unfortunately, personal shit, um, you know, over 20-some years, um, between Broken Out, former Incarnations, and uh, even that side band I did, Lupara, and, and well, D.H. was on hiatus, you know. Right. just um, The thing about being in a band is... heads and, and there's problems. It's either you're in your 20s, I'm guilty of this, you know, you're immature, inexperienced, and, uh, you know, people have delusions, grandeur, or fight, or, you know, have problems, but then as you get older, then other things come into play. People still, some guy thinks he knows everything, someone else thinks he knows everything, yeah. and personalities clash, you know, and unfortunately... People quit the band or get kicked out, and um, um, you know I've always tried to stay even keeled and, and try to be a good man. You know I'm no angel, right? Sure, but I'm trying. I always try to. I try to be uh, a good person and good to my bandmates, and you know not to sound you know like uh, you know, melodramatic or mushy, but dude, I love. By band members and this lineup, and it's no disrespect to people who are gone, either gone from the earth or just gone from the band, but um, I just feel this lineup is the strongest and the most brotherly, I guess. You know, if I say it's the best Broken Hope lineup, you know, some people, you know, their skin starts to get. <laughs> Break out in a rash, and the, you know they. Some people get offended. You know they want the old broken hope from the nineties. I can't do anything about that. You know, with Joe and Ryan gone, right? And other people that have quit, and have been, you know, people that don't want to come back. I mean, there's nothing I can do. But I'm still here, and I've always said, um you don't like broken hope because it's not the 1990s Broken Hope, then you don't have to listen to the band or pay any attention to us. But I'll tell you this, I'm one of three founding fathers of Broken Hope that's still alive. And um, it would be different if I was a founding father of, you know, Broken Hope, but I didn't write shit. But the thing is, I've always written all the lyrics. I named the I, I've always written the majority of the music, you know, um, except for maybe grotesque blessings. Outside of that, um, you know, I just, uh, love writing broken hope music. And to that end, my whole point is, all you know, that is, um, I am broken hope to a certain extent. Broken hope is, uh, one of the biggest parts of my life. It's my baby. And, um, it's a, this band is in my heart and in my soul and you can't change my track record or my contributions to the band and um, right. that's all I have to say that you know the chief songwriter is still in, in in the captain's seat I still do what I do I write all the lyrics I love writing broken hope riffs and um you, you get a broken hope album you better believe it. it's a fucking broken hope album you know and again I can't change what's happened to former members alive or dead um, but I am alive I'm walking the earth and um, I'm not going to hang it up because other people don't, don't like it you know there's too many people that do like it and, and understand and get it and get me and that makes me happier than hell and I want to always uh, do this art you know I'm not going to quit um, it's like if you're a sculptor, you're gonna stop sculpting,
1: you know? No, exactly. It, it, its
0: in my in my DNA, and um you know, man, I just appreciate anyone that that appreciates what Broken Hope does. My 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 bandmates to me, what we what we make and mutilated and assimilated. Um, you know, people like at the label and. Journalists like yourself, I'm just starting my press days, so and I'm already hearing uh, people from the label and journalists say this harkens back to the catchy, you know, broken hope that we've all known that that broken old brand of death metal. Um, one thing that's also kind of a return to form is I have since Omen the Disease. Omen the Disease was recorded in three different studios. Okay. And I decided to build my own studio with our engineer, Scott Creekmore. Okay. He actually built it for me. I just supplied the, you know, the, 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 the cash to, to build it. And he helps pick out all the stuff and got us pull state-of-the-art studio. And what's cool about that, Vince, is we... It's like the old days, we have our own studio, like we did with Bernie Griffin. So we're not on a clock. And the thing about mutilating assimilated is nothing was fresh. We spent a whole shitload of time recording this album. And we had the luxury of taking our time doing it at my... and making a superior quality album on a sonic level, you know? Um, right. And, and a lot of it has to do with, with that, have, having that, our own personal space. And um, again, with the songwriting and label people and and, and journalists say hey this is like this is Broken Home like like what we expect Um, and I think aside from having the time to hash these songs out and we put the Broken Home stamp on it this time around um, we didn't have any other influences in the band since um, we got these new guys we like, in the past, like, on the Omen the Disease era, we'd have uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, is what I'm trying to say.
1: I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. It
0: affected some of the songwriting and some of the, the production. I love the production on Omen, don't get me wrong, but um, I don't know, dude. There's just a, a way of recording and a way of writing broken home songs. And I like to use this analogy. When you hear Slayer... You know, it's swear from the, the guitar tone to the song structures and the, and the, and the sound and everything. And
1: I, agree, I agree with you.
0: Bro- broken Hope, you know, when you hear Broken Hope, I want people to you know, identify, hey, holy shit, okay, that's a Broken Hope song. And for people to tell me, when they spin, mutilated assimilate, and they go, uh... Holy shit! This is a bona fide broken hope album
1: that puts a huge smile on my face. And of course, when people say it's a fucking awesome album, <laughs> oh that sure, also puts a smile on my face. So, um, I've not got to hear it yet. Say, I'm gonna buy it when it comes out. So, oh, the label didn't get you a copy, yet, huh? Well, I, I guess it was and awful. I, I asked for a physical one because I still, you know, like to have physical stuff. Oh, okay. I think they may have sent Corey a digital one, so that's kind of, yeah. he he was supposed to do this with me, we were going to listen to it, and he's hes sw- in between switching jobs right now and getting his bartender's license and stuff, so I was, yeah. I haven't got to, but I, I know I'm going to love it. I love the cover art. I wanted to just praise you, because I thought, that, I didn't think you could outdo Omen Disease, and I was like, Jesus Christ, when I saw the <laughs> mutilated and assimilated artwork, I was like, it's fucking sick. <laughs> Well,
0: your, your favorite album, Repulsive Conception, that's the first time we ever worked with the artist Wes Skolder, And him and I developed a relationship back then, you know, like 1995. Right. So Wes did the cover for Repulsive Conception. He did the cover for Loathing. He did the cover for Omen of Disease. And now he's done the cover for Mutilated and Assimilated. And Vince, man, it is so... ...awesome to work with such an exceptional kick-ass artist. And he he's like a sixth member of the band in one respect because he collaborates so closely with Broken Hope and what our ideas are for a cover theme and how it embodies either a title track or just an, uh, an album title. And, and the music within, he just bring so much to the table in that respect that um and work so closely with us that's, that's why I say he's like a sixth member of the band So you know? um it's a joy to have West Ben Scoter's art and um also you know what man it's like as long as he's around and he keeps doing art with us and and he's a good friend and loves Broken Hope too uh that's, like, just a thing i like to deliver. I'd like to just keep delivering. Broken Hall album, a new West Bend score to cover, bring on the
1: brutality, bring on the horror. You know what I mean? Oh, man, it's, I mean, it's, like I said, I, when, okay. I, when I saw it, when you put it up on the on the page recently, I was like, holy shit. And I was like, and, of course, immediately I put it on our page and and stuff. So it's, yeah. uh... And, uh, but, yeah, it's exciting. Uh-huh. Uh I, I was so excited when I saw it because, uh... Corey was like new, broken hopes coming. I was like, "Holy shit!" And it's fucking awesome. And then I got to see the artwork, and I was like, "It's right on the same lines. It's beautiful. I love it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, and I was going to tell you th- this is the biggest compliment I can give you as a, as a fan of the band since you guys came out. I remember buying uh, Swamped and Gore on cassette, so I. If you're in Broken Hope, it's like Lemmy and Motorhead. That's all I need to know. Dude, wow. So, that's... Bro, yeah, that's yeah, that's how important yeah. <laughs> you are to me if you're on the album. So, there you go. There's, that's the... That's the, the way I look at it. So, you know, as long as you keep putting records out and you're on it, I'm buying it. So... Bro, I... I, I can't
0: thank you enough for that. That really... Really makes me happy, man, that you say that. Because, um... I uh, I believe so much in this band and and what I create with it um, that uh, for people to still embrace Broken Hope and embrace me and what I do really means the world to me. And I hope people know, yourself included and everyone. I would just want to say, you know, when I write music and even when I perform on stage. Every single thing I do, whether I'm rehearsing or performing I, honest to God I keep Joe Fecheck and Ryan Stanek in my thoughts even uh, even at a moment on stage they're they're in my thoughts and I, I carry their spirit with me and as long as I'm doing broken home, I want people to know that their spirit is alive. You know what I mean
1: Oh it uh, is I mean I, you I can hear you can hear it, it in the music. Me
0: you know um i fell out with those guys you know over the years and um again later in life reconnected with them and then they were gone so that's a shame but um i'm always going to be grateful for their contributions for doing broken hope in the beginning and, and 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 making it what it was and uh there, if there is another place and they're looking now, I always say, man, I hope you boys are proud of me because um, I'm, I'm still carrying on with the band name we came up with and I'm playing the songs that we all wrote together. And when I, and, and I always say, if you keep someone in your memories and think about them, that keeps them alive in a certain way.
1: I agree That's with why. that. They're
0: never, far, they're never far from my thoughts. Anytime, again, that I'm performing on stage or writing music, or putting out a new album. They, Their DNA, if you will, and their their um, spirit both are alive and still will always be woven into this band. And um, I just have respect, and I, I just try to honor them. I try to honor them by staying alive and, and doing this and keeping their names alive. Everywhere I go to this day, and... This is the 29th anniversary of Broken Hope this year. Oh, wow. It'll be 30 years of Broken Hope. And Vince, fucking everywhere I go, no matter how many albums we put out over time, everywhere I go, people um, just tell me how much they love Joe and Ryan, you know? And uh, that makes me happy. And uh, again, so when you say, as long as Jeremy Wagner's in Broken Hope, You'll continue to listen to Broken Hope and give us some love. That means the world to me because, uh, you know, you can call me Mr. Broken Hope because as long as I'm five, I'm going to keep
1: the band going. <laughs> well, I mean, that's... Corey and I were having a conversation about it, and that's that's what I I, I attribute to. You know, without Lemmy, there's no Motorhead. If something happens to you, there's no Broken Hope. That's it. So, I mean, I and I want to thank you as a longtime fan for... For omen of disease and, and bringing it back And then now Mutilated and assimilated And, and uh, that Blu-ray Man I'm telling you I, That Blu-ray gets a spin About once a month So uh, <laughs> Dude that's awesome God damn You just uh, I'm telling you man You just made my whole week <laughs> Well I'm just telling you And it's I'm It's awesome. it's a It's a beautiful thing and, and you know And I I'm excited And, and uh, your, your tour plans or Do you guys plan on Doing a lot of touring uh, For the For the new album
0: we are going to um, well we're doing a record release concert and it's our first time playing the Los Angeles area in about four years or almost four years and we're playing a, so this record release show is uh, right right during the week that Mutilated and Assimilated comes out. Nice. So we're returning to LA um, we're, we're going to have a great live concert set we're gonna switch things around we're gonna pull out some songs we haven't played in in decades actually um try to do some special stuff and some giveaways and um you know meet everyone and just announce hey we're back and uh yeah we've got tour offers all over the place right now we're hammering all that shit out nothing confirmed nothing announced but we are um Definitely, uh, and I'm very grateful. I might be one of the most grateful goddamn musicians you ever meet.
1: Okay, I don't that. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: fact that people love the band and want to, you know, keep putting us on tour, um, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for. So we do have some really great offers, and um, guaranteed, we're going to be out and about. Um, we we want to support this new album. Um, we're so goddamn proud of this album and we're so in love with it. Uh, um, and, and we just want to get behind it and we want to get back in the back into action. People haven't seen us in a while. People haven't heard New Broken Hope uh, since 2013. So this is the time to give everyone a new keeping helping of Broken Hope death metal and to get out there and uh, play it and get in everyone's face again and meet old friends make new friends and meet old fans and make new fans and do all that stuff and Vince I want you to do me a favor when you when you finally get your hands on mutilated and assimilated and that bonus DVD I
1: want to know what you think of it yeah definitely
0: honest review honestly if you think it
1: sucks ass you'll tell me please Oh, oh I will and
0: and want me know if that DVD, the new one, makes it into the rotation of your uh, kickback and drink or whatever you do when you watch a live concert DVD. I wanna, I wanna know if you're spinning that one.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I'm excited to, uh, to, uh, to listen to it and to check out the the DVD. I'm sorry, I haven't got to do that yet. I, again, I think they sent it to us yeah, digitally, sure. and I, I. I'm kind of old school like that. I like to sit down with the CD yeah. and look at the pictures and read the lyrics and just kind of hang out with it when I first listen to it, so... Yeah. um Well,
0: I can also... Um, I'll I may mention to our publicist um, that... Uh, uh, to get you that DigiPack, all
1: right? That would be amazing, yeah, because uh, I know Corey and I would both love it, so that would be amazing. Just because I... And I'm going to buy it again, too, so I'll have two copies of it, because I usually buy it. Like, I've got an Omen of Disease, and I've got the uh, Live Disease Blu-ray. I've got two of those that I bought and never opened them. I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo when I buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. i buy it twice, and then I keep I, it sealed. I hear you, though,
0: dude. <clears throat> I hear you. I'm I hear I, I got my old school, uh, you know, preferences, too, bro. you know?
1: But it's good. That's the you know. I, I still like to physically buy it, and you know, Spotify's cool and all that stuff. And but I I still like to physically have it in my hand. I, I mean, right now, you know, I've still I'm still rocking a CD player in my car. It's like I mean, I just I just like it. It's it's something I enjoy doing, and I like to listen to an album. I don't like to listen to songs off an album. I like to listen to the whole album and. uh you know, if I'm in the mood to listen to Motorhead, I'm going to listen to the whole record. If I'm in the mood to listen to Broken Hope, I'm going to listen to the whole record. I don't I do not do really, like, songs. I know a lot of people, I guess, digitally have gotten really spoiled with, I like this song or I like this song, and that's fine. But I'm, I'm more of an album guy, so. Yeah, it just, it makes it.
0: <clears throat> it makes things a lot yeah, more. you in the vinyl, too, man. We got, like, the label is putting out, like, five different colors, um.
1: Uh, a vinyl for for mutilated and to too. I'll definitely get one of them. I I bought the, I got Omen of Disease on vinyl as well. So and and, and we we even
0: went an extra. St-
1: That sounds Yeah, that's exciting I Yeah, I'll definitely get that too The thing with vinyl is I don't have a player But I always buy the vinyl too If it's a band that I collect stuff from So Broken Hopes definitely I usually get the vinyl too So I probably can't afford all of them But I'll definitely get one of them So But yeah, I mean I So excited And I was going to tell you also How big of a fan I am I wanted to thank you for this Because I'm assuming You would be the man to thank for this Thank you for all the great stuff That I bought off JSR Direct So
0: Oh yeah, no problem uh I play a major role, role with that. Usually, I initiate um, getting the designs mocked up. And um, again, it's all about the quality control of the band. I don't do anything until everybody in the band signs off on it. So like with a merchandise design, or a cover out, or layout, anything, um, I got, we have designers. Uh, who put stuff together they give us a mock up okay. and then um, you know, I'll be like wow this looks cool then when well, we have band practice or a band meeting I go guys I want you to look at this what do you think about this for a t-shirt um, or a hoodie or something and get everyone's opinion sometimes guys want to change stuff around and but we you know basically until everyone's happy then we go back to JSR and go here's the design and, and boom so um I know we uh, over the past seven years no, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Five years since we you know came back in 2012 officially and toured and put merch out. Um, The JSR web store for Broken Hope is like (laughs) grown in leaps and bounds. There's so much different merch and with this new album there'll be even more but um, you know, we try to Offer a variety of kick-ass stuff, you know. You gotta have your album-related stuff, and we, you know, always want to have that, and we just try to come up with other, you know, cool shit that we haven't done before. So, um,
1: I love it. I've got the shorts. I've got the loathing hoodie. I've got the uh, guitar okay, pick set. Man. I've got I've got some stuff. When I have some money, I tend to go a little overboard. So I bought a bunch of stuff. And uh, did you want to talk about your your uh, your book? Oh,
0: uh The Armageddon Court yes yeah that book came out in 2011 um it really did um did really well and it was like number three on the Barnes & Noble bestseller list and uh sold a shitload of copies and whatnot, and um, um really put me on the map as a as a as a author um I reviewed in Rolling Stone and Publishers Weekly. It's amazing. Just a lot, a lot of accolades. I won a, I won a book award, too. Um, That's awesome. It makes me happy. In fact, I write, I've been, before I even was a musician, I was a writer as a, as a young, you know, as a teenager and a young man. And, you know, I write all the lyrics for Broken Hope. So, main yeah, fiction and horror is... um and dark fiction is my. Is, the next, the biggest passion next to being a guitarist in Broken Hope is being a, a novelist and a uh, just a writer of dark fiction. Period. So, um, since that book came out in 2011, I have three new novels that are written. Um, I'm currently, I have to edit one, put it away, edit another one, put it away, and keep rotating until each one um, is. Edited and polished to the best of my abilities, and then um, my plan is: I'm hoping in the next year, these, these novels will find a new publisher. I'm not with my the publisher I had for the book, first book went out of business. So okay. These new, I'm going to re-release the Armageddon Court for sure, so that'll be republished with a new cover and everything. And then these three new novels, I really want to see them get published in the next year and um, I'm always writing fiction, so um, uh, there's always a new novel uh, coming around the corner for me, so it's been, you know, it's been quiet since, obviously, I haven't published anything, but that said, I've written my ass off. I mean, I have three, like I said, three novels under my... my It's very impressive. uh, I just gotta get them out. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah. At least I don't totally sit on my ass between... Ready novels
1: and, and put out albums, I think, I think I'm still a little bit prolific or at least uh, productive on some level. <laughs> I mean, I would, I was going to say Jeremy Wagner, Death Metal Renaissance Man, but, oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, you. that's, that's impressive. And if it's cool real quick, the other side of our podcast is horror stuff. Do you mind diving into a little bit of that with me before I let you go? Oh, no. Okay, so uh, I guess we'll just kind of start with this. Uh, Do you have a favorite horror movie or director or or, uh, maybe the first horror movie? Yeah, my, I've,
0: like, recently, um, one of the web, we have webisodes that the label's going to be releasing all through May up until the release of the album. Okay. You're gonna get Broken Hope webisodes, like the making of the album and recording the album, and you know all kinds of stuff like that. Right?
1: Nice, nice. So,
0: um, but one of the one of the webisodes is about horror, and every brand member was asked, "What are your you know favorite top five favorite horror movies or something?" And that's really hard for me to answer because as soon as I name top five then I gotta go, well, wait, 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 no, fuck, uh, <laughs> there's another 50 horror movies, I don't know how to rank, but I will, I'll, let me tell you this, John Carpenter's The Thing is my favorite horror movie, that's definitely number one, and that's the movie that inspired the lyrics and the, the album title Mutilated and Assimilated, that whole song, lyrically, is a direct tribute to the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. The cover artwork embodies John Carpenter's the thing, um, and that's what it's all about. So, uh, definitely, that horror movie can be credited to inspiring me to write the lyrics and to us making it the title track and the cover artwork and everything. So, um,
1: he's my favorite director. Definitely love know,
0: him. Yep, because after that is is. There's Halloween and I could go on The Fog and and then you know uh, so many other horror movies but Carpenter I don't know dude he, he had something special back back in
1: the 80's and shit dude oh yeah and his music uh, the music the I scores Oh, the scores on those movies are great so good
0: dude the scores are so good Did you see that he was touring playing his music
1: scores live yeah i got to ta- i, I got to talk to you about that okay this makes no sense to me i live yeah. in, i live in the south okay he's from kentucky but yet he played no shows in the south not even atlanta oh really so I, that, I, that he didn't even play in kentucky where he's from he didn't play any i mean i live in florida he didn't play Anywhere, And we were going to travel. The closest he was to us was like up near Michigan. And I'm like, I can't fucking do that. And, you know, I watched some of it on YouTube or whatever, which I think it's kind of loses something probably, probably been cooler to be there. But I was kind of disappointed. This is how hardcore of a fan I am. Initially, Tommy Lee Wallace uh, was supposed to be out with him. and As well as, uh, oh God, uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh that worked with him on all the scores later, like, through the 80s. Oh, shit. Uh, I'll never think of his name now. I can't believe this. I'm, like, totally on the spot on this. What is his name? Uh, Alan Holdsworth. Alan Holdsworth and Tommy Lee Wallace were supposed to initially be in that band, and then he stripped it down where it was, like, his son and his stepson. And honestly, as a fan, because this is how big of a a hardcore-ass John Carpenter fan I am, I was really disappointed that they weren't in the band. Mm -hmm. So it kind of backed me off from it, and... Sure. You know, the the other thing, too, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if you've ever met him, I'm scared to death to meet him, because if he was mean to me, I would absolutely probably die.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I did get to meet him because he did an appearance at a Chicago horror convention two years ago. Okay. So I I bought a VIP package so I could meet him and get a photo with him on this really cool set that they made um and the set like embodied a little bit of every horror movie you've ever done um it's really cool I think if you google like Jeremy Wagner and John Carpenter you can see that photo
1: oh I've gotta do that that. that's awesome
0: and then and then I had him sign like every every item I had related to the thing (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) I made a whole John Carpenter tribute um thing because uh I had him sign like fifteen magazine covers that had the thing and him on it
1: from since the eighties. Oh my God, that's and, awesome. Um, but
0: but he, I wouldn't say he's the friendliest dude in the world, but um, he, it was cool to meet him, you know. So if you just remember this, if you go in to meet anyone, just don't have any expectations. As long as you can meet, him. like I met Tom Savini twice. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was tall. He was straight up
1: jackass. He was not nice. See, Corey, you're gonna get a kick He's out of this. To me. Co- he uh-huh. was awful to Corey. Corey met him last year at a convention over in the Carolinas and he was awful to him. Corey paid all this money Please. to have him sign his Not Riders not Riders Blu ray and I guess he like slammed it on the thing and threw it at him. I mean it was awful, he said.
0: Yeah, yeah. He uh He's like that with t- every every friend of mine who's ever met him. Is like, yeah, Savini's an asshole. He's mean, and, and I'm telling you, I met him twice, and um, he was not friendly at all. I mean, um, I tried to tell him I really how you know, much I love his work, and as a kid, because of him, I wanted to get into practical effects. And Same here. Blah blah blah. And Same here. He, he could give a shit. He he did he did not care. And, um, he barely said two words to me and scowled at me and had to pay him for an autograph, you know, to sign things both times, whatever. Uh, I mean, people charge for autographs, that's nothing out of the ordinary, but it's just his demeanor was like I was fucking bothering him or something.
1: That's what he did to Corey. I mean, Corey, if he was here, he could tell you.
0: When you meet your your heroes and they're assholes, it's, it's disappointing.
1: You know? That's why I never met Carpenter. I was—I've heard your experience. It sounds like the most positive one. My friends said he was awful, and I was just like, yeah. I couldn't handle that. I really couldn't because I absolutely think he's a genius, and I—I I, I couldn't separate, you know, the two of me going. Yeah. You know, because last year, and Corey talked me into doing this. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. He talked me into going meeting William Shatner. Well, Shatner was great to me. And everybody told me all these horror stories. He hugged me. I about fainted on him. It was kind of a mess, but he was awesome. And, you know, and it was... but Yeah, it was great, But because I've liked him since I could crawl, you know. And it was like, I was scared to do it, but I went and did it, because it was in town. And he was drunk, and I passed him off some booze, and... I gave his manager, or that was uh, whatever, his publicist, whoever was with him, I gave thing a Canadian whiskey, and he was fucking... It was awesome, but, you know, initially going to do it, I was about to throw up on myself. Like I said, I literally about fainted on him, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, especially the movie stuff. It's like, Carpenter, not so much that I think I would faint on him, but I just think he's a genius, and I love so many of his movies, but, you know, it's... I don't know. You can have bad experience with stuff. I met Bruce Campbell at a bookstore signing, and he was awful to me, and he hit, was hitting on the girl I was with, and I was just like, oh, God, this sucks. <laughs> you know, yeah, so... I've heard that about him, too, unfortunately. I love him. I love him. I absolutely love him, but it's like, you know... Yeah. I wanted to talk to him about Bubba Hotep, not, you know, Evil Dead stuff, even though I love that stuff, and, you know, it just didn't get to happen, and he was more interested in my girlfriend at the time's tits than talking to me, so, but... Of course. Yeah, <laughs> but it's you know it's one of those things I guess. But but yeah, I'm I used to be real big into trying to go and meet people, and I, honestly now I've kind of shot away from it. And it's not not with musicians, but but with like actors and and directors and stuff. It's always makes me I'm just kind of like oh, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, it's like, yeah, especially something like that. Like I mean, I literally had to sit yeah. there and pep talk myself to, to meet Shatner. So you know, it's but that's awesome you met Carpenter yeah. so The Thing's your favorite Carpenter film
0: then yeah favorite favorite Carpenter favorite, Carp- favorite Carpenter film and favorite horror movie pretty much period nice and, and then Halloween is right up there
1: too oh god it's such a great movie uh, did you did you buy the uh, The Thing Scream Factory Collector's Edition Blu-ray that came out last year yeah oh yeah isn't that thing amazing oh it's, the oh, it's amazing it's so cool um, it's great. See, I'm, a, I'm kind of a weird one. My favorite Carpenter film is Escape from New York. I don't know why. Oh, that's a good one. Too. I just love that. Great movie. And Sideshow Toys yeah. a couple years ago put out a really nice doll of Snake Plissken that I bought. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. My dream would, yeah, of course, meet Kurt Russell and have him sign that thing, but never going to happen, but still. Yeah. I like to pretend in my head one day, it's like, hey, can you put this eye patch on real quick and let me get a picture with you? <laughs> but, you know, they're supposedly remaking that, which I'm really not happy about, but seem to they... Well, you yeah. know, you here's you an abomination as a carpenter fan, to me it is anyway. They're remaking Big Trouble in Little China with the rock in it. Yeah. That's awful. It's like why would you even <laughs> try? Yeah, I, you gotta leave shit alone, man. Just, I totally agree just, with you. Just,
0: just leave. You know just I, leave
1: it alone, you know? My favorite yeah. my favorite horror actor is Vincent Price and uh you know, it's like it just kills me like when people try to redo stuff, it's just like, just please, it's like, don't do this, it's like, no, you know, but, and, but I've tried to let go of some of that, I think some of that's just where I'm getting older, and I don't want to give stuff a chance, or whatever, but, you know, hor- yeah. everything now in horror to me is all paranormal, and I'm more the splatter gore guy, but, you know, and Corey's really into the Italian stuff, and, but it's, yeah. We try to have kind of a variety of stuff that we that we that we do, but you know, I'm such a big Blu-ray collector. Well, yeah, I mean, try to, you know, I I am really into Hammer horror stuff, and uh, I love Vincent Price, and all those Vincent Price collections that that Scream Factory's put out. I absolutely just love, especially the first set, uh, uh, House of Usher, and and uh, uh, oh. Conqueror Worm or, or uh, the Red and stuff. Oh yeah, I just love those movies and I'm not exactly sure why that thing's out of print, but it's going for about three hundred three or four hundred bucks on Blu-ray, which is crazy, but Oh Christ. Yeah. But but yeah. Now uh do are you a uh are you a George Romero fan? Do you like uh
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: the original Day of
0: the Dead is actually my favorite.
1: Romero movie? It's a great movie.
0: I love that movie. I love that movie. Such and, a good um, movie. And, you know, I, I, everything else, Dawn of the Dead, um, I, his zombie movies are uh, unlike anyone else's, you know, um, his, Before zombies became, you know,
1: yeah. fashionable, if you will, right.
0: um, I, um... I really got into his movies, and I thought zombies were like the most horrifying uh, thing around. I used to have nightmares of zombies, you know, now zombies are so popular, but back then it wasn't, was never like that, you know what I'm saying, so, um, I just,
1: uh, Romero did it, man, he's awesome. It's, you know, it's amazing to me because, uh... We, we got to have... Uh, Corey got Ken Ferre to come on. We talked to him for three hours. Yeah. And I about shit. It, it's one of the coolest... It's the only actor that we've ever had on. Uh, and... It, <laughs> It was an amazing experience, and Corey's ended up becoming friends with him now, and they're going to go to, I guess Corey's going out to Indiana for the the Dawn of the Dead reunion they're doing out somewhere in Indiana in the summer, and it's just it's just been a really cool experience, and he the interview we did with him was really cool. We got him talking about everything. And <laughs> uh, The only part in the interview where I kind of fucked up was I'm a big From Beyond fan, and apparently he hates that movie, and I didn't know that, <laughs> so. That was kind of awkward, but I'm I'm a huge fan of Stuart Gordon's movies. I love Reanimator. I love fucking uh, uh, From Beyond and and uh, uh, yeah. Dolls. I love that. Yeah, it is. It's such good stuff. His remake of uh, uh, Castle Freak. I love that movie. Uh, but his remake of Pit and the Pendulum. I love and you know. But I, but I didn't know when we were talking to Ken that that he had a bad experience making uh, From Beyond. I had no idea. So that was really awkward. Um oh. <laughs> but I so I kinda stepped put my put my foot in my mouth on that. But other than that, I mean it was a it's a pretty cool interview. If you ever want to check it out, it's it's pretty long, but it's it's it was amazing. I just can't believe how candid he was with us. Talking about his career and how he was a limo driver, uh with the with the other military guy, I can't think of that dude's name in Dawn of the Dead, how they were driving limos out in Los Angeles and you need, Can you hang on one second? Yeah, of course, I'm sorry, of course. I need to cut you off. No, you're fine. What, what what's up? Oh, no, it's... My good. Wife
0: just summoned me, and... That's fine. Holy cow, we've been talking for
1: an hour. We have, we have. I'm, I'm so fine, sorry. Dude. I,
0: I, um, well, listen, I... Before I go, I just want to thank you, man, for the interview, for your time, and it was really cool talking to you,
1: dude. No, it was amazing, and I I the didn't... interviews I've done. Well, thank you. I, I didn't mean to keep you.
0: Hey, this is Jeremy West of Broken Hope and you're listening to the Phantasm
1: Podcast. Oh, Jeremy, that was awesome. Man, I really had a blast and bro. when you guys are out on tour, I'll, you co- too, I'll, ha- you. I'll come find you. Maybe we can hang out or something. Yeah, absolutely, man. Are you, you see, you down in Kentucky? No, I'm in, I'm in Florida.
0: You're in Florida.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah
0: dude, uh, if, our, if BH heads down there in our cross paths, our paths cross, excuse me, we will, uh, you and I will definitely hang, bro. It
1: would be great. Awesome. Hey, uh, I wish him the
0: best, by the way, okay? Best Jeremy, best
1: thank you, man. You. Look, this has been amazing. Oh, I can't thank you enough for doing this. And, no. uh, my pleasure. I will,
0: uh, also check out the podcast stuff online. And when this thing drops, uh, rest assured, bro, I'll make sure that we post it
1: and everything on the BH page. Oh, thank you. That would be amazing. Well, man, look, yeah. you have a great you weekend. Know? And thank you for doing this. This was really awesome. Hey, my, uh, my pleasure, bro. Great talking to you, and my best to uh, Corey, too, okay? Okay, take care, brother. Take care, buddy. Have Bye a bu- good weekend. You too. Bye-bye.